Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to pray for your Holy Spirit to cover every single word that David is going to share with us. You have placed in his heart, Lord, a, a word for us to hear today. There is a purpose. There is someone today, or perhaps all of us, that will be transformed and touched by what we are going to be listening today. So, Father, I just want to pray to open hearts, open minds, and uh, allow the Word of God to penetrate fully into our minds, our souls, our hearts this morning. Father, thank you for Dave as he has been preparing for this moment. So thank you, Lord, and bless him. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lassie. Thank you, church. Uh, for those listening online, uh, I'm just going to be really honest and open. You know, not that I'm not, but um, I think sometimes when you share the journey, people realise what the journey is. And so, you know, Derek had faithfully prepared all the worship songs, and they're all in the system, ready to go. And then the computer got upgraded in the week. Some various bits of software upgraded, and I came in this morning, plugged everything in, and every sound file sounds like you're underwater. So that's what we were struggling with this morning. Um, and I understand from doing some research in a rapid pace of things that um, it's something to do with some drivers on the computer. Going to have to try and resolve it, but didn't know about it till this morning. That's why we went to live worship this morning. But you know what? That's my heart, is that we will be able to get, step into live worship on a more regular basis. So maybe God's going, go on, get on with it. Get on with it, you know. Not through any, any, any concern or activity, but we pressed into live worship unintentionally. But God has a plan. And uh, we've been exploring a new start, a new day, as, as we come to the end of January, the end of the first month of the year, we've been talking about a new start. And I want to talk about free to start again this morning. So let me pray. I, I really do want to pray because I, I just sense that uh, there's, there's a battle going on. Why, why, why otherwise would we struggle with these things? And uh, I just, Father, I pray that your word would clearly speak to those, Lord, who, who, who need more of you. Father, particularly pray for the recording and the things that go out later. Lord, that, that, that there would be a, a seed that is sown, a plant that takes root. And Lord, something of you that is glorified in all we study today in Jesus' name. Amen. How many people have got it wrong this week? I'm going to ask you to put hands up. I'm not going to ask you what it is. Maybe more than once. Maybe more than once. My hand went up. Some people, some people have both hands up. Yes, we got it wrong from time to time. Maybe we said something inappropriate. Maybe we, we did something that we're not proud of. Maybe, you know, we've probably all experienced this, and this didn't happen for me this week, but it's happened this year. Um, was um, I got a little envelope in the post. A little envelope in the post saying, Dave, you were driving a little bit too fast. You know, so, uh, yeah, yes, quite right, I was. Camera, camera, evidence, so I don't deny it. I, um, I wasn't doing stupid speeds, but I was still over the speed limit. You know, and that's the law of the land, and I have to take that consequence. There is a consequence for doing things wrong. And I know some of us kind of think, well, this road feels like it should be a 60. But it's got a 30 on it. Well, okay, that's the law. 
And when we break it, there's a consequence. And if somebody takes a picture of it, then you know, if, the, if the authorities take a picture of it, you get a little invitation to pay something or go to naughty school. Now, those are the kind of things that happen. But you know, we do get it wrong. We do make mistakes. We do things that we shouldn't do. And when we do those things that we shouldn't do, then often we will find ourselves, there are consequences. But sometimes there are things we feel, I've done something wrong, but I don't know what to do to put it right. You know, maybe you've, we've got a broken relationship with a friend, something's happened, words have been said, and no one's picking up the phone, and no one's talking, and, and everybody's kind of feeling a little uncomfortable. You know, that's when it's great to pray. That's when it's great to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for saying the things I shouldn't have said. I don't know whether you ever thought about this, but if you've ever had a speeding ticket, have you ever taken a bit of time to repent? It's, it, I was challenged by it when I got the alert through the post. I just thought, hmm, I know I've got it wrong and I'm not getting told off, but I'm going to say sorry, Lord. And so I did. I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect and always drive under the speed limit again because it's so easy. But in Proverbs it says this. Anyone who hides his sin doesn't succeed. But anyone who admits his sins and gives them up finds mercy. Finds mercy. Mercy from the Father. You know, one of the things that it's, it's fascinating, when, if you've ever been through um, an annual review and you sit down with your boss and the, they talk about the things you should have done and they talk about the things you've done well, and then there's a bit of a kind of that, that sandwich that goes on. They tell you something good, they tell you something you need to improve, and then they tell you something good again. And that bit in the middle sometimes is uncomfortable. Maybe there's something you haven't done or I haven't done, um, and, and the boss just goes, do you know what, you really need to work a bit harder at this. And yet, it always feels a bit awkward because you want to defend yourself and say, well, I did my best, or this or that or the other. But you know what? I think sometimes it's just good to say, you're probably right. Yes, I could have done better. That was certainly on my school report a couple of times in the years when I was in primary school. Could do better. In 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, it says this. Godly sadness causes us, to turn away, causes us to turn away from our sins and be saved. And we are certainly not sorry about that. But worldly sadness brings death. Sometimes there are things that we do that do not break the law. But God is saddened. The spirit in us is saddened. Some, you know... Have you ever been grieved by something that's happened? You think, hmm, I need to do something there. Maybe I need to be more positive. Maybe I need to speak into the situation. For godly sadness, that spirit within us, to turn us away from our sins so that we might be saved. At what point on the journey do we realize we're lost? We have sat-nav now. We have the technology. You press buttons and say, turn left here, turn right here. I don't know whether you've done this recently and then your sat-nav's gone off for whatever reason. Maybe the signal's broken and you can't. And suddenly you're lost. Suddenly it's, 
oh my goodness, I don't know where I am, because I, I, we hadn't looked at a map. You know, in times past, we would have looked at a map, we would have memorised something, we would have had an idea, and we said, okay, I'm heading towards Derby, and then I'm heading in this direction, and maybe we're looking out for certain key roads, but now we just press the buttons. And then when it fails, suddenly we're lost. And I think about some of the times when I got lost, and the, there was a particular place where I was going to visit a client uh, a number of years ago now. I wasn't using the sat nav. I'm confident that I kind of knew where I was going. And I headed down this road, and then there was a road closure. So I had, couldn't go down the way I was planning to go. So I turned left and turned right and kind of had a bit of a guess, and I got a bit more lost and a bit more lost and a bit more lost, and uh, eventually I got there. But here's the thing. I came to go back to the same place again. And now when I got to certain junctions and I wasn't using the sat-nav again, I thought, okay, I'm going to turn left here. I'm going to turn... And what I didn't know was whether I was on the right track and on track or whether I was on the wrong track that I'd made before. Because I, I remember both routes would be familiar. Both routes would be, ah, something that we need to think about. And so I didn't know whether I was off track or not. And so I just stopped and I took a breath and I thought, and I thought, okay, what, what do I remember? And then suddenly there was a fish and chip shop on the corner. I thought, yes, this is the one. I'm back on track. And I want to encourage you, when, when we feel maybe we're a bit off track, maybe we need to kind of take a note, take a breath. In Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, it says this, Brothers and sisters, I don't consider that I have taken hold of it yet. But here is the one thing I do. I forget what is behind me. I push hard towards what is ahead of me. I move towards the goal to win the prize. God has appointed me to win in it. The heavenly prize is Christ Jesus himself. Let's be more like him. Let's be more like our saviour. Brothers, sisters, I haven't got there yet. I'm work in progress. Maybe you're work in progress too. And so in not having taken hold of it yet, there's one thing I do. I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on taking steps. I'm going to press on. You know, it's so easy to think, well, I'm, I'm going to put my feet up. I'm going to give. I'm, I'm going to take a pause. But why do we keep on? We move on because the goal is to win the prize. And win it well. To be more like Christ and to know him fully. Paul's letter to the Romans I, found, I find fascinating. I love the ex exploration of the Roman road. And in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 it says this. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He appointed them to be saved in keeping with his purpose. And I wonder sometimes whether we could... There are days, and I'm sure we've had this, uh, where I think, is anybody listening? One of the things that I often have to do at work is I have to do a presentation, record it, and send it out to everybody around the world, and they need to listen to it, and they're, they're required to listen to it. And then I get people asking me questions, I think, have you watched the video? Because you're asking me questions that I've already told you the answer to. But you know what? We need to be persistent. We need to press on, we need to press in, and sometimes you and I will visit a friend, we'll love a friend, we'll speak to a friend, and we'll think, I've 
had this conversation before. I, I remember visiting um, some friends the other side of town many years ago now. And uh, they come to church from time to time. Um, and I've been to visit them and I'd, I'd shared with them and prayed about a particular situation. And this was now about three years later. And I got to visit them again, was having a coffee with them. And we had the same conversation. We were talking about the same thing. And do you know what? I said, can I use your bathroom? And I went into the bathroom and I wanted to cry. I, I, we've, been, we've been here. We're here again. Why are we here again? And I took a big, deep breath. And then I went back into the room. And I said the same things that I said three years previously. In, maybe in a different way, but the same things. We prayed about the same things. And I think we have to have patience like he has patience. We have to have persistence like he has persistence. We need to press in and we need to press on. Hebrews is a great book, a great letter. Hebrews 11 is that great book of faith, that great chapter on faith. And then that leads to Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Just think about what Christ has done for us. Just think about what he went through for us. And I'll go back to this because I do want to unpack some things here. Therefore, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. If you've ever been to a conference, if you've ever been to an event, um, HTB to a conference in, um, in the Albert Hall, if you've ever been in the Albert Hall with thousands of people worshipping God, if you've ever been in a crowd where it's just like being in heaven, you can stop singing and you can listen to the, the singing around you and just... Just almost be transported to another place. And then we read, laying aside every weight. Every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. Um, Julius brought a new rug for the office. Um, and it's one of the, it arrived all rolled up. And it was laid out, um, when, when she unrolled it, all the corners curled up. And she said, well, I can't put this down because everybody's going to, it's a trip hazard. And uh, so she turned it upside down and put some weights on it and it's getting flatter. But, you know, some little tiny things, just a little thing can cause us to trip. It doesn't have to be a great big step. Sometimes it can just be a few millimetres. You've probably walked down the pavement somewhere and tripped over the ed edge of a paving slab and you think, how did I trip over that? And then you realise it was just something very small. So let's lay aside the weight of those things 
And let's run the race with endurance to win the prize. Now, what is the prize? The author and finisher of our faith, Jesus, who sat before him and did not in, and endured the cross for you and me, despite the shame, despite the spitting, despite all the other things, despite the crown of thorns and the, and the scourging of his back. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, The one who chooses you does not keep you from obeying the truth. You should know that just a little yeast works its way through the whole batch of dough. Do you know what? We can be catalysts for change. We can be light in dark places. But do you know what? I've got a torch and it's it's rechargeable. And so when I come to use it, I can press the button and it's all fine. But if I don't plug it in to charge it up, the moment that I need it, I'll come to press the button and it'll be flat. It'll be no use at all. It's meant to bring light, but it doesn't bring light. You and I are meant to bring light into dark places. We're meant to bring clarity into confusing situations because we are light. We are hope. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And this this scripture says, a little yeast lightens the dough. I want you and I to realize that we are catalysts for change. But we still need to be plugged back into the power source. If we are that rechargeable torch, then we've got to go back to the power source and plug ourselves in. The Holy Spirit empowers us, enables us, and facilitates us to be able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And so I'm going to kind of bring this to a close. As, as, as was written in Timothy, I want to encourage us that we can all say this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is not just something to think about for the end of our lives, but the end of a day, the end of a week, the end of a year. Maybe even the end of a situation. Maybe sometimes we actually feel like we're in a fight. Well, have we done the best that we could do? Have we brought grace and tenderness? Have we brought consideration and mercy into the conversation? When I was a student many, many, many years ago now, um, I was reminded of this because I was talking to some students that I was teaching on Wednesday this week. And I was, I was telling a story. I was telling them a story. And uh, these are not Christian students. They're students from all around the world studying a particular topic. And I said to them how you know, sometimes once you know something, you've got to keep on saying it. You've got to keep on declaring it. They, they were talking about how in their group they were trying to make something happen. And in making that something happen, they weren't agreeing. And a, a number of people in the group said, oh, well, I just gave up because nobody seemed to be listening. I said, and, and did you come up with the right answer? And they went, no. I said, well, you should have kept on, kept on. And then I quoted a film that I o- I've only ever seen in black and white, 12 Angry Men. You may remember this film where there are 12 jurors, and uh, they come to vote on a particular situation, 
and one man disagrees. And he tells them why he disagrees. And everybody goes, oh, well, yes, it's obvious, isn't it? And he tells them again why he disagrees. And then a second person in the jury goes, I've never thought about that. He said, I agree with this disagreement. So two and ten. And then three and nine. And then four and eight. And slowly but surely, till eventually it was eleven and one. And they needed a unanimous decision. And the chairman of the, uh, of the jury eventually turned around and said, well, okay, I'll go with you. And so it went from 11 to 1 to 12 to 0. But it came out of persistence. It came out of perseverance. And I want you to be able to say this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is an opportunity for a new start every day, every moment. Any moment we want to reset, we can press the button and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I turned from that, that wrongdoing that I've just done. Father, forgive me. And he is gracious and just to forgive us our sins. And the consequence and the price of sinful choices has been paid at the cross by Christ. So let me pray. Father God, I firstly want to thank you. There is a way to be part of your kingdom. And it's to believe and trust and know that Jesus, your son, was sent to be our saviour. To save us, to set us free. And so, Father God, we thank you for sending your son, your one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, I pray for all those who are listening, whether they're listening now in the room, online, listening later. Father, I pray that each one of us would know where our destiny is. Our destiny is heaven, an eternity with God, not an eternity without him. And so we want to choose Jesus. We say, I'll put our trust in Jesus. Put our faith in Jesus, your one and only Son. But Father, even believing in Christ, from time to time we still get it wrong. And so Father, help us to keep short account. Help us to turn from the things that we're not proud of, the things that we shouldn't do. Because we will find grace and mercy at the foot of your, at the foot of your throne. You're a just God, but you're a gracious and merciful God. Receive these prayers and receive our, our conversation, O oh God, as we talk to you, as we press into you, as we trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen.